Happy Man, yeah. House of Pain, House of Pain, 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 Pain. Man. With Dan and Ryan, it's Walk the Line, and I say, yeah. All right, everybody, welcome back. Welcome to episode 23. Yes, Ryan, 23. Episode 23 of Walk the Line. My name is Dan Cryer, and with me, as always, is my very, very, very good best buddy, Ryan Smith. Ryan, say hello to everybody. Hello, everybody. I hope everyone's still alive after a beautiful four-day weekend of basketball. Yes, we made it, and we survived and moved on. And by yeah. we, I mean Ryan Smith and myself, Dan Cryer. And on top of it, Michigan State. And Michigan State, which is why we're in a very good mood, uh, because it was a good display of basketball prowess at some points. And then, like any other NCAA game should go, not all of them, uh, the team that is pretty decent will make a run, a comeback, and that's what happened in the Michigan State games. But when all was said and done, Ryan Smith, it is on to New York City for the Spartans. And I think I can speak for you when I say that we had a pretty good four days of just watching some March Madness. Uh, what do you think? It's great because it compresses 48 games into four days. So, you know, Ryan and I were in here one week ago. It was Thursday. We enjoyed a couple, basically one game on Tuesday night, one game on Wednesday night. We didn't really watch the 16 playing games, but then 12, 15, we, we just started getting excited. I got to Ryan's at 1 o'clock. For some Ohio State Dayton. Yep. Which was a great ending. And and who did you have in that? Yes, Ryan beat me. <laughs> Parents where I, I thought that Ohio State would cover the 5.5. Ryan thought Dayton would win. And, uh, well, he was just pretty confident about it, and Ryan was correct. And with that began the the the, tr- the travel to Sunday, and we made it. I mean, it was Barely. it was so fun, <laughs> and um, you know, uh, just it's it's just one of those times of years where you it's the, it fulfills all the expectations. I don't know, and the fact that Michigan State played very well on on Friday night or Thursday night late. I, I got all my days mixed up. They played really well on Thursday night. They opened up a big lead in the second half. Payne was amazing, and then on Saturday night they struggled in the second half to a good Harvard team, but ended up coming out on top, and they moved on and will be playing this Friday in New York City against Virginia. Yeah. I mean, I mean, what was cool about that game is Harvard took the two-point lead and they closed that gap pretty quick and everyone was kind of like, oh. Yeah. And the thing about underdogs is you don't want to give them a window of opportunity. And Trice came right back down. 18 seconds later he it was. He didn't even pass. He just stuck a three yep. and that was it. Yep. 62 to 60 to 63 to 62. Right like that. And then Harvard Boom. never never took the lead again. And, and that's how the AP article the next day was actually you know, written up was the first paragraph talked about. You know, Harvard made the run and Trice just ended it. So that was the the shot of the game for Michigan State. Yeah, and I rewatched the Delaware game, and Delaware was a good team with some seniors. They had three scores over 18. Michigan State opened up a lead about 13, 15 points, and then Delaware came back and made it six. But then the next thing you know, Michigan State was back up by 19. So teams that are decent make runs. Harvard had already defeated Cincinnati. That was a great upset for them, and they look solid. Of course, Harvard's a good team. They're going to come back. I thought the referees helped them come back a little bit. There were some calls, and Michigan State was making plays, but Harvard is good and came back, and I Michigan State just stemmed the tide, as they say, and then they they, they took it home at the end. Yeah, but I'm even 
I'm thinking about the first two rounds, and was there a team that really just completely dominated all 80 minutes of their games? I mean, Pitt, Pitt and Colorado comes to mind. Colorado never showed up. But I'm saying both of the games that a team oh, played. Oh, exactly. Good and, call. And of, Good all, call. of all the teams, I think Michigan sure. State had the most minutes of just dominant basketball because even Louisville, you know, they were That's close with Manhattan. And I, I do think Arizona, Florida, and Virginia looked like the best teams right. so far. But And those are all one seeds. And outside of that, I think Michigan State played the most consistent. Yes, they had hiccups, but that's a lot of you know a lot of basketball in a short span. So you're going to be inconsistent and have it's a, some it's a mental lapses and stuff. I, I like that you brought up over both games because Florida, as I was watching the Delaware replay, the Florida-Albany game was up in the corner. And it, with 15 minutes to go in the second half, Florida mm-hmm. only had about a, an eight-point lead in that game. It wasn't like they were blowing them out. And that's what I mean. Yeah, and they didn't cover. And Michigan State was a big early in both games, yeah. which was a good sign to see because we really didn't give teams chances. Yes, Harvard made their run, but mm-hmm. even then, you know, I was never like, oh no, I think we're going to lose this. Michigan State just seemed to be too much for those teams. And yeah, I agree. And and let us not discount how good Harvard was. We no, we, we, we enjoyed can't. talking about Ivy League games on Friday, you know, about Friday bets putting down on the Ivy League, but Harvard was consistent. Tommy Amaker's a good coach, and they had players that could make plays, and they did make plays. Michigan State held them off, and I don't think there's really any reason to think of any less of Michigan State going no. into the Sweet 16 now. Be- I'm, I'm yeah. feeling better than I did Going in, you know, I guess going into the Big Ten tournament, everyone's feeling way better yeah. than they did. But what do you want? I mean, is it really possible to win? Like Ryan just said, to win two games, crush teams. I mean, Baylor looked pretty good in that first game against Nebraska because they're in San Antonio, and that was a great matchup. And then they just Creighton had nothing, so Baylor looked great. But their matchups were perfect for Baylor, and now you know Baylor has to play Wisconsin. And we're going to see. It's I think Wisconsin's got to be nervous heading into that. Definitely. So I mean, but look at Pitt. Pitt whomped Colorado, and then ended up getting beat pretty well, pretty handily. They were never in that game in the second half against. Florida. So um, it was a good weekend for Michigan State. I mean, Michigan State had Payne go off for 41 points and about eight or nine rebounds in that first game. Dawson had 20 points in the first half against Harvard, finished with a career-high 26 and nine rebounds. So we have some heavy hitters underneath, and that's what you need in the NCAA tournament. All right. I, th- I think you have the picks on your computer, if I'm right. correct. So just run through here, I'm them. I'm going to squeak the mic a little here. Oh. Let's do this. So Ryan and I, to put it lightly, we had a pretty good Thursday, Friday. And on Walk the Line last week, we had 14 games on Thursday and 14 games on Friday because they were the two playing the two games. We didn't know right. who was. But I gave very, very much credit. Anyone can feel free to listen back to Tennessee Volunteers. I said, I thought they were going to win, beat over Iowa. And look, they're still in the tournament. They're going to be facing, we're going to talk about in a little bit, facing the Michigan Wolverines in the Indianapolis bracket, uh, the Midwest bracket. So uh, uh, good for Tennessee. But uh, just to run through, because that's what we like to do here, uh, uh, we started with Dayton, Ohio State. We're going to go chronologically on Thursday. Uh, Ohio State was minus six. I took Ohio State. Uh, Ryan took Dayton. And as we see, there's no more Aaron Kraft. And it, it does it break my heart? No, not really. I just enjoy the fact that they lost because of him making an Aaron Kraft play because he just grabbed the guy yep, and got called for an intentional foul. Mm-hmm. And he's done that countless times in his career and even gotten away with it with no foul. Like the guy, they've called it off the guy's knee or something. Right. And the announcers go, look at that great hustle by Aaron Kraft. Yep. He just grabbed the dude and he lost the ball. Yep. So And he missed a, he missed a, the end shot to try to get the, the victory when they were down by one point. That was a pretty tough shot and he almost stuck it too. That, that would have been, yeah. But it did not go. Okay, so moving down the list, we had Wisconsin minus 13 and a half against American U, which we learned is from Washington, D.C., and Wisconsin was playing a home game, essentially, in Milwaukee, and they, they won big. So they covered the 13 and a half. 
So that was uh, not, a, not a problem for Wisconsin. As we just mentioned, Pittsburgh, who was one of two um, nine seeds versus eight seeds that were favored, Pittsburgh really had no problem whatsoever with the Colorado Buffaloes. I think it was 31-5 to or something at some point in the second half. And I know it was like 47-18 or something terrible at halftime. So Pitt was an easy cover. We both had Pitt. Harvard versus Cincinnati. I had Harvard winning the game, um, and Ryan took Cincinnati minus three. And you, Ryan, you made a good case for Cincinnati. What do you think? They just they just didn't end up having it, did they? Yeah, I mean, I think as we saw in the Michigan State game, Harvard's just a pretty good team, and in Cincinnati um, with Kilpatrick, like we said, I don't think he just completely went off and was unstoppable. And when you rely on just one guy like that, that's how you lose a twelve five game. Right, and I looked. At, I'm looking at the box score. Just the 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 halves. Harvard had a seven point lead at halftime. So yeah. really, Harvard it's done it. right there mm-hmm. because then they they get their game, and we kept they kept going back door because Cincinnati likes to play that you know in your face D, and, yep. and Harvard just wasn't phased by it. And the next game was Syracuse minus twelve versus <clears throat> Western Michigan. That game was in Buffalo, New York, and uh, the the there we both took Syracuse minus twelve, and they came out and blasted Western Michigan. It was forty to twenty one at halftime. So Western Michigan was really never in that game. Syracuse cruised, only to lose to Dayton, which we'll talk about. Uh, we didn't pick, make a pick, but we'll talk about that in a sec when we set up the uh, weekend games here for Sweet Sixteen. The this one I put a big star and said this is the big winner. Let's let's put it all on Oregon minus five and a half. BYU does not deserve to be in the tournament, and that was completely true. Good call. Yeah, I mean it was easy on Thursday. That's the thing Ryan and I had the and most. BYU on. was banged up and all that. Yeah, so Oregon won eighty seven sixty eight. I actually perfectly called that Oregon would win by nineteen, and the game did stay under the massive one fifty eight and a half. That's pretty funny. So that that there were other things on Thursday that I was nailing overs and unders. It was it was a great day. I I think total on Thursday I was like twenty for twenty four. Wow. Not but on on the show here we'll we'll show what I have yeah. here. Okay, here's one that I got wrong. I was giving credit to St. Joe and discounting U- University of Connecticut UConn. And uh, UConn was minus four and a half. Ryan picked UConn. I picked St. Joe. And as we've learned, Shabazz Napier is the real deal. Yeah, because they went on to beat Villanova. Beat him pretty bad. It was a close game in the second half, but then UConn pulled away. And uh, Napier hit just an amazing NBA-looking three that was all net. And now UConn's in the east bracket with Michigan State. They're in the bottom half. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. I'm a little worried about UConn. So Got to get past Virginia first. Moving on past that. a lot of people here jumping ahead. Yep. Moving on past that, it was the, our in-state rivals, the Michigan Wolverines. They were they were minus sixteen. Ryan and I both picked minus sixteen, and Michigan did us the favor by winning by seventeen. They were up thirty-four twenty at halftime, and then just cruised to that victory. And uh, maybe John Beeline knew that they were minus sixteen. So thank you, John Beeline. So that was an easy one. Uh, another one was Villanova minus sixteen and a half. Oh, I'm skipping the one that we both had. Great. Uh, it was North Dakota State underdogs versus Oklahoma. This is another five twelve matchup. Oklahoma was minus four. I said, take the points. I think this might even be a, uh, a possible upset. Ryan Smith sat down and said, what? North Dakota wins. Yep, North Dakota wins. So the I said, cover, they're going to bring their covered wagons, and <laughs> that helped them out. They ended up winning. It went to overtime, but that was another 5-12 upset. And then um, the next game was Wisconsin-Milwaukee versus Villanova. Villanova was minus 16 and a half. And even though Villanova hasn't been playing great, I had a feeling about that one. I uh, took Villanova. Ryan took uh, Milwaukee, and Villanova ended up winning by 20. Right. Arizona State versus Texas. Texas okay. was minus one and they a half. They had a buzzer beater yep, to cover. buzzer beater. It was great. It was perfect. I said, thank you, minus one and a half. <laughs> we both had that one correct. 
Manhattan, Louisville. We, I said Louisville minus 16. Ryan said Manhattan with the points. And Louisville didn't look great at all. They only won the game by seven points. And uh, it just was one of those messy games. The final game was the one where I had New Mexico State plus seven and Ryan had San Diego State minus seven. It, it went into overtime, gave San Diego State a scare, but San Diego State won by four. So What I'm hearing thoughts? from you is we had a pretty good first day, so I'm going to quick give you some knucks right here on yeah, the show. Go that was, oh, yeah, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I thought he was going to throw some other some stats at me. No, I mean— it, This is good, man. The, what, what I did, out of 14 games, Ryan had 10 for 14 for 71%, and I hit 11 out of 14 for 79%. But then you really took off day two, so— do yes. Want, do you want to just quick run through? Yeah, those I don't want to just I, just say how we did. And Ryan some, finished well. Some picks that you liked that sure. you hit on. Well, Ryan hit Mercer. Ryan had Mercer plus thirteen. As everyone knows, Duke was minus thirteen and lost the game. So that was funny and embarrassing. Uh, I had Baylor. Ryan had Nebraska. But but by the time that game came around, you talked yeah. me into Baylor and. Oh, okay, we, good. We, we, we've been riding them ever since. Yeah, just to be the completionist here, uh, uh, Arizona, I had Weber State covering. Uh, Arizona did not cover. Ryan had Arizona covering. And uh, Creighton didn't co- didn't cover. I saw that coming. Ryan thought Creighton would play well. Creighton's out of here. Uh, Can- night. Kansas was minus 15. We both had Kansas. They did not cover, and they didn't look good. And then the one that I really felt confident about was Gonzaga winning over Oklahoma uh, State. You got, you got me there because I was pretty confident in Oklahoma State. And right the game yeah. started, and they went into that big guy two or three Karzowski. times in a row, and he just went up and just dropped it right in. It was mm-hmm. too easy. And yeah, Oklahoma State didn't have the size. And then what happened against Gonzaga when they played Arizona is Gonzaga only had that one guy for size. So and Gonzaga Arizona's got run out. that good, yes. too, I think. Yep. Here's a game that was funny. Um, there's two in a row that are hilarious, and I'd just like to say – uh, for the show's purposes, we switched it in real life, but I had Memphis <laughs> oh, yeah, minus this three. Was hilarious. I had Memphis <laughs> minus three, and Ryan had George Washington plus three. It was George Washington Memphis in the 8 9 game. It was in Raleigh, North Carolina. At the end of the game, Memphis was up by two, and there was a foul, but the buzzer went off. <laughs> and they made him shoot free throws. They went to the stupid monitor. The, the foul was with about point two, and when they blew the whistle, and the ref went straight to the monitor and was, because the coaches were already shaking hands. Yeah, the it game was, was over. over. And he split them apart. Is and it? the look, Dan's face even got a little white because he was just <laughs> like, what? And then what's even funnier uh-huh. is later. Yeah, so so what happened is he made both free throws and Memphis covered. And so Memphis covered. For walk the line, I was right. But in in real life, I changed yeah, my because mind. Yeah, because the two of us switched. Yeah. But then later, we had North Carolina we were minus different four. again. Yeah, no, we were both North Carolina minus oh, four. okay, you're right. North Carolina could not pull again, pull away against Providence. And North Carolina ended up the next, you know, two days later losing to Iowa State. So North Carolina didn't look great. Providence did look pretty well, but, pretty good. But what what happened in that? There was one, a foul with even more time. It was like one point nine seconds to go. It was almost, yeah, it was almost a full second. The guy missed a free throw, got a rebound, made one, missed a free throw, got a rebound. So it was minus two, and they fouled him again. He probably only would have made one, but it doesn't matter. The clock <laughs> went to zero in the exact same way, and we were like, we want the free throws, and they should have given it to him. And there the was ref- a full second left when they fouled that guy, and the refs just said, They're, "Nah, game game's over." over. <laughs> so, so we're looking at each other, going, "Are you crazy?" So, so. Dan lost. Two, in, Two a in a row on the same rule being applied in a different, different way. <laughs> yep, and that's that's the greatest thing about betting <laughs> in the lines is that, and we're going to get into what yeah. hilarious one in a second. Two more <laughs> games. So Stephen F. Austin, we both had plus six and a half against VCU. They looked good. I think it went to overtime, and they won that game only to go get trounced by UCLA, who's pretty good. We'll talk about them in a second. Virginia was plus, minus 21 against Coastal Carolina. Not only, they were losing 35-30 at halftime, so we both took the points in that one. They won, but didn't even come close to covering. Now, the funniest cover story of the day, at the 
time last week, it was Kentucky minus five. But at game time, it was Kentucky minus six over Kansas State. And what had happened was one of the walk-ons for Kansas State, which Ryan will tell you, Ryan, what can you not do? Because in warm-ups, you're not allowed to touch the rim. And the kid went up, and they were doing just like essentially a layup line. And he went up, and he flushed a pretty good two-handed dunk. Yep. And it's NCAA tournament time, so refs were watching like hawks, and they busted him on it. Yep. So yep. the game started before you do the tip. <laughs> you just get two free throws in. Every time I've seen this happen, it's impossible to make two because yeah, you're it's so, just such a weird way to start a game, and everyone you can feel everyone's eyes on you being like, "Wait, what's going on?" Because yeah. they don't they don't announce it until after. Uh-huh. So you just shoot the free throws, and everyone's standing at half court waiting for the tip. And so he went one of two, which proved to be vital because they won by seven. Kentucky won by seven, covering. It's, so it was huge in Vegas because it was minus six and a half at tip off. So that one point gave Kentucky the cover. For our purposes, we both had Kentucky minus five. So and at game time, I had Kentucky minus six. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's, it's really funny. funny yeah. And I will give Ryan credit. The ri- reason Ryan knows that is because Ryan can dunk and, <laughs> and used to throw down all the time before games. So he probably cost his team a point or two. Hey, we <laughs> no no because you got to be smart about it. You run out and you see we we did like the little lap around the 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 gym, you uh-huh. know, like to show yourself off or uh, whatever yeah, you do right. in high school. And you just see, oh, the refs aren't out here yet. So you get the ball first. <laughs> you go throwing down and just look. And you're like, okay, the refs still aren't out here. <laughs> We're all right. And in my case, I put in a really beautiful le- left-handed layup or right-handed layup. And I just style those layups. No. No, I do want to say this because okay. I know you're not a big bracket guy, but it's still pretty cool because we we are about picks and all that yep. stuff. And so on ESPN... You're in the ninety. Your bracket is in the ninety-eight point three percentile, and nice. I'm ninety-nine point six. So we yep. did have. We're doing wise. Well. We we're doing well through the first two rounds. We it seems like we know what we're talking. Yeah, about. Yeah, and to close out the, the the last two, we had Iowa State minus nine. They blasted North Carolina Central. We thought that Tulsa would stay closer to UCLA. Turns out UCLA was playing in San Diego. They they won by more than nine, and then they covered again. So UCLA looks very strong. Yeah, I think Florida's got to be they, sweating that going out a little bit. Right, but Florida's going to be playing them in Memphis, which is huge. All right, let's, so, get, let's get to the Sweet 16 games. Okay, cool. So now this weekend we have four games on Thursday and four games on Friday, and then that all leads to the, the two good ones on Saturday, the two on Sunday for our final four teams. Uh, Michigan State will be playing on Friday night, which is a good thing because I think I don't I want to enjoy all the games, Ryan. And Michigan State is literally the eighth of the the eight games. Which why is the East Coast game the last game or the East Region game the yeah. last one of the night? That makes no sense. It's crazy. It's all about the money. Yep, it's gonna be yeah big. It's gonna be a big tune out turnout tuneout. I don't know. It's gonna be a big turnout. A tuna turnout. One of the two. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Okay, so these first games are on Thursday, March 27th. It's the Sweet 16, and the first matchup, uh, chronologically speaking, is going to be in Memphis, Tennessee, which is the South region. It's the number 11 Cinderella Dayton Flyers. They're kicking it off again. They started the tournament. They might as well start the Sweet 16. That's exactly true, and they're playing Stanford Cardinal, who come in as a 10 seed. Stanford is minus three in the game by virtue of their victory over Kansas, which was impressive, and the over-under is 132.5. So I'm gonna let Ryan just start talking because Ryan is the has the torch of Dayton Flyers, and so. I'm going against the torch. I'm gonna take Stanford minus three. I'm just gonna come out and say it right away. Wow. I think Dayton. I don't. I mean, they're definitely those were definitely upsets, but Ohio State and Syracuse were. I don't think Ohio State was that good all year long. I don't know okay. what people saw in them, and Syracuse down the stretch. I mean, I don't. I can't really click on their schedule right now, but they lost. You know, six of ten. That's the Boston College. Yeah, they just kept losing at the end. So that that was a team that was struggling down the whole stretch. So 
not that not that Dayton doesn't deserve credit, but I just think the the Cinderella stories come to an end. Right, and I would agree. I'm going to agree and say that I'm going to take Stanford minus three as well. Um, Dayton has looked pretty good, and but they've been playing in games where they've been seven, eight point underdogs. So here's a really now we're talking close three, game, yeah. three, and I mean they do match up well when I look, but. But um, there's a guy named uh, Chasen Randall. For um, he's from Illinois. He's from Rock Island, Illinois. He went out to Stanford, and then they have a big guy whose name I can't remember, but he looks really athletic, perfect for the tournament. And it seems mm-hmm. like Dayton is filled with those kind of six, six, seven, six, eight type players. You know that are more forwards. And this guy from Stanford is going to make the difference underneath. Yeah, and I and I do like the under in this game as well. Do you one thirty two and a half? Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, I'm just looking here. Okay, so Dayton scored sixty. And then 55 and gave up 53 and 59 in Stanford. Same thing, 58 and 60. They've been scoring. So you're looking at, you know, maybe like a 63, 57 or something like that. You know, that's the perfect analysis to do is to look how they looked. And now that they're going to be playing each other, it's going to be a tighter game because neither of these teams want to get up and down. I mean, I remember specifically that it was uh, there was a stretch against Kansas where Stanford made their move. It was 28-23, but it's either it, it was either late in the first half or in the second half. But Stanford pulled pulled back and then I pulled in to like a 28-point tie and then it was 33-28 and the next thing you knew Stanford just kept holding the lead and Kansas was struggling, struggling, struggling. Yep. Wiggins couldn't do anything. So yeah, definitely the under. I'm feeling very comfortable at actually more than more than the spread in this game. Okay, yeah, that's. I think that's a fair statement. Okay, so that one's and I mean I'll watch it because I have but to. I don't care. I really all. don't care because what's ultimately going to happen is you're going to hear me say is that both of these teams are going to be you know sacrificial lambs for the Florida Gators, like because it's in Memphis, Tennessee, or it's, UCLA. I think either of those. Whoever wins that game comes out of that bracket. Definitely, I think definitely. we're agreeing on. All right, let's skip over to Anaheim, California. Let's go coast to coast. I've, this is a game I do want to watch. Yeah, why don't you introduce this, this one? This is Ryan. Baylor versus Wisconsin. So the six seed versus the two. That's going to be a seven forty seven tip in Anaheim, and the over under there is one thirty six and a half. And Dan, you've been riding Baylor and Wisconsin. We said they had the two home games. But now they got to go west. So what do you think is going to happen? Well, you, yeah, the Wisconsin is minus three in this game. Oh, sorry, yeah, and, I skipped um, the the most important part. Well, it's funny because honestly, if you just thought about it as a pick'em game, you Which, could. In my head, I am because I'm just so excited to watch. But well, the the thing about Wisconsin is they're coming out of Milwaukee and they really had home cooking, not because of any reps or anything. <clears> they just had the fans. 80, 90 percent of the yeah, fans you're an hour away from your home yeah. playing two lesser teams, and they were struggling mightily in the first half against the Oregon Ducks. They were down 13, 14 points. It looked bad, but they made a big comeback. Bruss made a huge three at the end, and then there were plenty of free throws for them to cover the spread, which I was very happy about. Now, Baylor absolutely ripped up Creighton. Oh, but we loved watching. It was that great. Game. That I was mean, awesome. Creighton's under impressed me all year long. I really have nothing personal against Doug McDermott, but he likes to shoot, get closer to get the rebound, shoot, get the rebound Come from on, that. The and dude wears a t shirt. You so, don't if you're a shooter, you don't wear a t shirt. He's a big <laughs> so. guy and he got a chance to mess around with a tiny little division all year long. They got twenty seven wins. Baylor was hooping. Baylor's got like that little Brady Heslip guy and all the other players hit and threes I mean they were just splashing it they were nine of 12 at one point they were splashing splashing which just showed you Creighton had nothing for defense so Baylor's look great Wisconsin has looked great for that second half of the Oregon game and they did cover at home but here's the deal Baylor's going front they're they're I know they're from Texas and that's considered the Midwest it's more west than Wisconsin I'm sorry <laughs> Baylor's heading over 
Wisconsin's got to go where it's warm. That's confusing to them. <laughs> I'm going Baylor to win. Baylor to win simply because of the proximity of the game, just like I talked a lot about last week on episode 22. This week, I'm going to be repeating that and saying because it's closer to Baylor than it is to An- to Wisconsin, it's in Anaheim, California, Baylor's going to enjoy it. They like that heat. So Baylor wins, and I think this game goes over. over. Way over. 136.5. I've already. This is going to be like 150, I think, yeah. by the time it's so done. So Baylor plus three. And I'm going to write that down now yeah. so I remember. Yeah, the over. I've, I've already hit that one up yeah. major. So think about the over for everyone listening. Yeah, I mean, Baylor was scoring 85 and 74, and in Wisconsin's two games, they had 85. And seventy-five. So yeah. even if you just do the math, if both teams score seventy, it's this is you're th- already it should over one fifty-one or one forty-eight. I can't believe it's one thirty-six. <laughs> Wait, I check one fifty-one or one forty-eight. It's just in, up there. It's just up there. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's going to be you know pushing one fifty on either direction. And so I'm shocked. And by game time, I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if it goes up by ten points. So wow, we'll see. So <laughs> that's now, a I don't see it switching ten points in three we'll see. days. Boy, no I don't know. They're thinking There's about some old no Wisconsin way. team. This Wisconsin team can shoot. So maybe the Italians from the future know something that we don't. I know this is gonna be crazy. All right, so what do you? What's your pick? Because I think you like the over, but what do you like? I, for I do spread? like the over. So this is two games in a row, which is weird because I didn't really like any of the over unders in the first two rounds, mm-hmm. just because I was, I guess maybe just trying to get a feel for teams. So I do like the over in this one and. There's two things I don't like. I don't like Wisconsin, and I don't like Jay Billis, who also likes Wisconsin. Okay. So I'm going to take Baylor All right. to just win the game straight up. But All right, I'm going to write this down. I said yep. Baylor plus three wins. I mean, here's the thing, too. I will explain. Ryan and I have talked numerous occasions to each other. When it comes to taking a just money line underdog points. versus the points, just take the just points. Just take the points. The points are what you want because the last thing you want is Baylor a losing one by point, two or like, one, uh, and you feel really what? stupid. Which is what I did with North Carolina. <laughs> I mean, because, sure, a money line is going to get you maybe plus it's 125. It, you want to mark up for 25% versus nothing. Take just pay the, the 10% and Definitely. get the points. Always take no the question. points. When it, if it's something like minus 9, 10, or 11, and you just have some inside yeah. feeling in your gut, it's going to happen. You're like, wow, it's plus 300 on the money line. You're going to get 3 to 1 back. Then it's worth That's it. That's cool. That's a, And then you also take the points, too. <laughs> just just so, in case. Just to show. Anyway, okay. Now, here's a game where Ryan and I might be differing. And it's the same over-under. It's 136.5. It's, now, we're going back to Memphis, Tennessee. It's the night game starting at 9.45 p.m. The Florida Gators, my number one team, my pick to win the entire tournament. I also have them to win the entire tournament. Minus 4.5 against UCLA. UCLA has looked really great. And I do want to make fun of UCLA for a second. They wear those T-shirty type Christmas NBA shirts where they're just a T-shirt with the, the little arms and stuff. They look stupid. So fix your shirt. I don't know. Are they Adidas? I think they might be. But uh, they look dumb. So that's you're going to look dumb losing Yeah, they to are because all the Ad- – I saw some tweet the other day yeah. that was like, Adidas is doing really well in the tournament. No, they're not. They just have like- – And, like, they have these two brothers that are um, twins that love to shoot jumpers with their heels on the three-point line. They think they're like – it's the Springers. Uh, yeah. And so I don't like those guys. They have number four on UCLA. This dude can get up and dunk and throw down. I, I can't believe how good he is. So you're taking Florida, it sounds like? But Florida is Patrick Young and, mm-hmm. and, and Scotty Wilbekin and the whole gang, and it's in Memphis, Tennessee. So it's it's East Coast. They're going to come up the coast from Gainesville and do their ch- their you know chop or whatever. And Wilbekin is so smooth because yeah. he can just he, – he gets the ball up against pressure, but then he can kind of snake his way in there, and he hits floaters and stuff. He even hit the – he hit a – like a running three at the buzzer that was huge. 
How, that put him up, what, five at the yeah, half? Yeah, it was and then two, was but it, it went it to five. Game. You didn't want to be down five no. to Florida if you were Pitt, and they never never got within five. And and I'm going to say I like the under 136.5 just because of that Pitt game. Florida seemed to get it a little messy Florida there. Florida can play good D, too, is yeah. the thing. So I, I'm, I'm looking at a game that's going to end somewhere at, like, you know, 61 to 54 or something like that, you know? So that's what I'm looking at. What do you think, Ryan? I'm going to take UCLA plus four and a half, okay. and then I'm going to go Florida 67-65. Okay, so you have 132, so you're keeping under. Yep. All right. Wow, you're, so that's our first score of the day, and I guess I gave a score too, so I'm going to go 61-55. Yeah, and I went 63-57 for Stanford-Dayton. What'd you say? Don't worry about it. I have it written down. Okay, good. <laughs> good, good, good. Okay, our final game on Thursday is one that I'm going to let Ryan I'm, I am licking my chops Ryan wants, over this Ryan's one. loving this one, so go ahead. Go ahead. Four-seeded San Diego State is playing Arizona, who is minus six. That that game will be the second game in Anaheim of the night, so it's a 10-17 Eastern start, and the over-under is 122.5. And I think Florida and Arizona have looked like the two best teams so far, and Arizona's going to come out and that's going to be like a 10-point win for them. San Diego State has been unimpressive to me. What are you thinking in this one? Okay, well, for, first off, it doesn't take much for us to convince stuff of each other when I think about it. San Diego State is kind of like an Arizona with lesser players. And we always joke and say, where's Kawhi Leonard? And they do have a guy whose name I'm blanking on right now just because I don't. Kawhi Leonard. You yes, said. Yeah, yeah, quality Leonard. <laughs> so they, and they, they do have a different guy with cornrows, which is really funny to me, but I'm not here to make fun of that. I make, I'm here to make fun of T-shirts. Wins over New Mexico State and North Dakota State. Not too impressive. To me. You're, they're it's, about to run into a totally different beast that is just rolling right now. They won 84-61 last night yeah. or two nights ago. Yeah, I mean, it's and North Dakota State kind of just fell apart at the end. And it's the San Diego State. The point I'm trying to make about San Diego State is that they've looked like the same team every year. They have a great coach in Steve Fisher who did win the 1989 National Championship when he was coaching Michigan Wolverines. But Arizona is like a hot team. Sean Miller's a good coach. And Arizona's got a bunch of different guys working it, yeah, you know. So I, I love Arizona minus six. Yeah, I'm going to say Arizona minus six. The <clears throat> over-under is weird. It's 122 and a half. I'm just going to not gonna go, touch it. Well, I'm, if I mean, any, yeah. you're right. I would stay away too. But if anything, I would go over simply if it's one of those games where Arizona literally just does blow them out of the water and hits 90 or something. Interesting. That's a good point. I mean, I do think Arizona's. So I'll, I'll, what, I'll agree with what Ryan if it, on that. What if one. it goes to like eighty-four, or even if it's like yeah, what eighty-four seventy or something? Yeah. I mean, and I, you, I'd say, oh, respect to San Diego State. You made the Sweet Sixteen. Good job. But this where the this where the train ends. And it's yeah, is Anaheim closer to San Diego or San Diego, Tucson, San Diego? But t- I'm telling you, it's going it to be matter, all yeah. cra- all Arizona people in that crowd. They're going to dominate the weekend. Arizona is going to go to the Final Four. They're going to beat Baylor in the Elite Eight. That's my pick. So, and that's going to be a great game too. And then for the other one, Florida's going to beat Stanford. And Ryan thinks UCLA is going to beat Stanford. You, you, you like UCLA to go to Final Four there? Or are you just taking what? the four? Oh, you took the I'm points. I'm just taking four and a okay, half. Yeah, nice. I still like Florida to win that okay, game. Good. Cool, cool, cool. All right, now let's you get. Confuse me. My hard job. I was sorry, like, do we need sorry. to retape. Yeah, the last nope. 15 minutes. My bad. Ryan just took the points, which we talked about. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so now let's get to the day, the day that Michigan State plays that Ryan and I are really waiting for. It's this Friday the 28th. Michigan State. <laughs> yep, we can't wait, baby. <laughs> we're coming. And uh, we unfortunately, we're not going to be in Madison Square Garden. We're hoping for better. We're uh, saving our southern, money for other hopefully, things. Hopefully, we're not going to jinx anything. I just said other things. Other There's things. plenty of other things we could spend true. that money on, like Vegas. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> which we wish we were at last weekend. <laughs> 
Okay, the first game is going to be in Indianapolis, Indiana. It's Midwest re- region. It's the 11-seeded Tennessee Volunteers, who are way better than that should indicate, versus the Mi- Michigan Wolverines. Michigan's minus 1.5. The over is 131. And the first thing I'm going to say is I like the over in this game. I don't mm-hmm. know about the spread because Tennessee has looked great, but Michigan made 14 three-pointers against Texas, and it's a tough call for me. So I'm going to let Ryan give, but yeah, I'm going to just say I'm with over. you. I'm taking Michigan in the over. I don't think I need to be predicting any scores, but I'll take you know Michigan minus one and a half. Really? That's it? I mean, I, that's got- all I need to say. Because the thing with Michigan is people always say, well, the inside – um, the inside presence they just don't have. And, you know, that was part of my argument about Texas. I thought Texas might give them a run for their money, but Michigan's just too good offensively, I think, for teams who simply just have an inside presence. Like, the kid from Texas wasn't even that good. He was yeah. just an inside presence, and True. that's why people were kind of like, oh, maybe Texas gets them, including myself. I thought, you know, I did pick Michigan, but I thought, eh, Texas might get them here today. But it just doesn't matter because they do have – you know, Michigan's big guys, they're not great, but they have two of them, which helps, and right. they can just kind of rotate. And so I like Michigan to win this game. Right, and it was. it's There's Horford and Crawford. Those are the two guys on Michigan that are the big guys, right? Morgan. Jordan Morgan. Morgan. Jordan Morgan, sorry. Yeah, Horford and Jordan Morgan. And they are good. The thing about Tennessee is I'm going to I'm gonna say Tennessee plus one and a half, okay. and I'm going to say Tennessee wins because Tennessee is tougher than people. I've been looking at Tennessee for about six weeks straight. Tennessee has been defeating SEC teams like and the SEC looks points. great so far. Yeah, Tennessee has been wrecking teams, and they get better and better. And they have the guy named Josh Richardson. He's the breakout performer that no one knew about because he had a baseline dunk against Iowa when they came back to force overtime. Then, man, this guy has gone off. He they destroyed UMass and Mercer. Sorry, Cinderella. They just got worked by this guy. So Tennessee is looking strong. I do think Michigan is a very great team, but Tennessee has what it takes inside and out. And as Ryan pointed out, the SEC is looking great. Florida's going to go on. I, we, I think Tennessee's going to move on, and we're going to talk about Kentucky in a second, which is which a very, very difficult call. But I'm going to say I'm going to stick with Tennessee. So we'll see. Disagree about just Michigan. Kentucky being a difficult call. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. And we'll and we're <laughs> going to tell you why in a second. Now, so let's scoot over to the East Coast for the next game. It's the first game of the East bracket there in Madison Square Garden in New York, New York. It's the Iowa State Cyclones. They are minus one. They're the sixth seed. They're favored against the eleven seeded UConn Huskies with the coach Kevin Ollie bringing them back off the loss over Villanova. The over under is one forty six and a half. That's a difficult call for me. Yeah, I'm staying away there. But I'm going to just start and say that. I like UConn. It's they were in the American Athletic Conference this okay. season, but they're Big East players, Big East team, Big East mentality. That's where you win the tournament. UConn has won so many Big East tournaments in Madison Square Garden. They're going to have lots of fans there. Watch out, Iowa State, because I'm taking UConn. I I didn't believe in, in them against Villanova. Now I'm a believer. UConn wins, and it's plus one, so right. I'll take the point, and they win. I know I know Iowa State has the kid hurt, but I just think they're too big and too much for UConn to handle, and they get to the Elite Eight. Wow. Just off what you Simply saw? Simply put, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's it's a game. This is probably, the of this, of this day, this is the game I care least about. So, but... Uh, Why? I mean, that's who Michigan State would ultimately have to play. You don't of the it. four, it's just what I care least about, I'm saying. I'm just I wanna, saying you don't want to just watch and see how teams are looking. Yeah, okay, fine. Look, he talked me into wanting to watch. <laughs> 
but of the not fours, that you and, wouldn't have watched anyway. Do you have any t- call on the one forty six and a half? No, by the way, no, nothing. I love when Ryan and I get into arguments like this. It's pretty funny. Okay, nothing. So we're both not touching the over under. Nope. Okay, the cool one, and I'll let Ryan speak on this one. Why don't you introduce the, this one, Ryan? Eighth seeded Kentucky, who that was the game of the weekend, was when they beat Wichita. Just both teams looked awesome. They play fourth seeded Louisville, so I think both of those teams are terribly underseeded. Yeah. And so that's uh Louisville's minus five, and that's in that's in Indianapolis at nine forty five. So both teams will have a good showing, and because we were the two of us were down in Indy last year, yeah, and Louisville was there, and it was all red and yes. Louisville and stuff, and but I think Kentucky got their win. I think they're happy. They can justify their season now mm-hmm. in their head. And Kelpari got to throw a few jabs in the post game press conference and just be himself, and. Probably my two least favorite coaches in all of college basketball. So okay. if if I could pick them to both lose, I'll do that. But if I had to pick, I'm going to take Louisville minus five. Now, they got through their first two round games. Now's when they start picking up some steam and uh-huh. rolling. Now, what's funny is uh, the the <clears throat> stat that Ryan and I were talking about yesterday is Rick Pitino is 16 and 0 as a coach in six Sweet 16 games. Yep. And we we were there in Indy last year when they beat Oregon. And I mean, there's nothing to say that they'll just win by nine, or because they played in Lexington earlier this year and won seventy three sixty six. Right. So, but here's the I thing: think they're too I'm much gonna, for Kentucky. I'm going against Ryan. Not Good. that Louisville Louisville will win, but not by more than five. Maybe I can win a gallon of milk over this. Hey, or nice. Yeah, I like Kentucky plus five because Kentucky looks like they have Louisville hasn't looked great in their first two games. They this the they didn't Louis need to. I think they were just kind of like, oh, we'll just simply out talent people. But the the Kentucky game showed me multiple players, both Harrison twins, Poitras. Julius Randle. That dude is good. I'm just saying, Kentucky looks like they have players playing great. So I like Kentucky plus five. And and at the end, Louisville's going to pull it out with one or two free throws. But I like the under because just the way these games are trending with this, it's a 138.5. I like the under. So I like Kentucky, and that's five points. I mean, what's cool about this game is I think Wichita, yeah, they looked great yesterday. And I'm not saying they're a bad team, but if Kentucky comes out and just kind of handles Louisville and wins... Then you see how good Wichita really was because I think if Wichita got to Louisville, I don't think there's any chance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so th- this will be interesting to see because just simply because I want to know. It, it's it's a little sad that we didn't get to see more of Wichita. You know, I know because if they're in a good conference, you're like, oh, Wichita's playing whoever tonight, Kansas, and it's crazy. The, the, this they they labeled this the region of doom. You yeah. know, you got Michigan and there, is. and Duke got knocked out, and so there. And Wichita State looked great. Well, in Tennessee, it's, no one expected Tennessee, yep. and no one. I wouldn't want to play them at uh, all. Right they now. look really good. So, do you have a call on the over under or anything nah. on that? No, no call on that. Okay, all right. So that brings us to brrr, the final game of the week uh, of the week. Well, I guess till of Friday. Um, so the final one we can talk about. I'm so conflicted. Michigan State <laughs> Spartans minus they're they're the four seed. They are the only lower seeded team of the Sweet 16 to be favored. They're minus one against the number one seed of Virginia Cavaliers. It's in New York, New York. It's in Madison Square Garden in the East Region. It's going to tip off at 9:57 p.m., which means 10:15 p.m. So it's going to be a late Friday night. The over under is 126. So I got no call on the over under. I don't know. It's just. It's going to be so tough to watch because both teams are just so physical. 
And the thing that I want to see is you're going to know within the first 10 minutes of the game who's going to win, I think. Because if Michigan State can jump out to some hmm. sort of 5, 6, 7-point really, That's lead, really interesting. If Michigan State jumps out, then they're fine. If if it's like a Virginia 11-10 to 10 lead or 12-9 to 9 lead at 10 minutes in, it's going to be Virginia. Because they're going to muck up a game, keep the score really low so that it finishes like 53-51. And Virginia's going to win. But if Michigan State gets transition buckets off of rebounds, kickoffs, to, you know, Valentine to Dawson, if it's like a 17 to 10 game, Michigan State, Virginia's not going to be able to recover from that. Hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with you, but in a really weird way, because okay. you're right. I do think if Michigan State does somehow get out to like a 10 4 lead or something at the under six timeout, as a Virginia fan, I think you go, uh oh. But, you know, opposed to what you're saying, I, okay. think, I think if you're Michigan State, as long as it's close, like I said, it's so physical, but Michigan State is so deep, and I just think if it's close and it's a battle the whole way, maybe if you're Michigan State, you're Tom Izzo, you're running in nine guys in and out every well, two Ghana's minutes. going to get in there. And that's what I mean. Yeah. We, we, because we our big guys, we have Schilling, Costello, and Ghana. Who cares if they all have five or four fouls? Just keep running them in there, and it's going to be so physical. Maybe Michigan State can just wear them down over the course of a game and yeah. you know maybe you get a 10-0 run maybe it's 46-46 with five minutes to go and Michigan State just Trice hits two threes then we get a steal for an appling dunk or something well so what I'm hearing from you is there's three scenarios that can happen and only one is going to kill Michigan State off so if Michigan State gets a big lead we're good if it's close we're good so if Virginia gets right. a big lead then we're then just it's because not good. their defense because we sure when in games we struggle this year it's when everyone looks confused. We're all standing on the wings, yeah. looking at each other and pointing different directions. Yeah, yeah. And just because Virginia's defense is so good, you don't want to get down eight or ten because then you start forcing shots. We start jacking. Well, threes they're going to pack stuff. in that D. They're going to be almost like you know that good. two three zone, and that's good because the thing is, we got to. That's why transition buckets are huge. In the set, you're going to need Michigan State to make some 15-footers or some three-pointers, and, and that's the, when we've been in trouble. And, you know, maybe this does play a factor. I know Michigan State lost to Georgetown in the Garden, but they've played there this year. That does make a difference. They have, and they played in Brooklyn for those two games, and, you know, when they beat Oklahoma and but Virginia I'm even Tech. Just, I'm even so just talking about the, the arena. Right, and they're this. used to the city. I think that it's very good for them. It's it's going to not, in my mind, bode well if Michigan State has to play UConn in the Elite Eight. But let's UConn get past Virginia. Good, but I think they're Virginia the best team exactly. in our way till Florida now at this point it's true Virginia looked good I did notice in the in the the victory over Memphis it, they they pulled apart pulled away in the second half but in the first half Memphis had a, a about two three four shots that they just should have mm-hmm. made from one or two feet away and it it was that Memphis was a little too undersized or a little not strong enough and with Dawson and Payne I think Michigan State can get in there right and just Which get is, those yeah going off that I hope yeah. Michigan State just does not get antsy in this game we don't need Valentine chucking threes early. Yeah, yeah. Just get in there. You're right. A couple shots might not fall, and they didn't for Memphis. But Memphis isn't as good as Michigan State. Yeah. To me, if you're Michigan State in this game, persistence. Just keep doing what you do because you're better than Virginia, and you can just hope they break down because they're not used. Because like, true. yes, they beat Duke, but Duke can't guard anyone. We can guard people, and so the question mark with Virginia is their offense. 
And maybe our defense is just so good, and we have so many matchup right. problems that we're just too much. And and always, I'm just you know going over scenarios that would hurt Michigan State badly if maybe Dawson gets an over the back or Payne gets two quick fouls. You know, you you gotta have you Dawson, need your and Dawson Payne. in this game. You gotta have so them. physical. And you know, I, I, lots of credit to Travis Trice. He has looked magnificent in the first two games. So he's, so he's, he's kind of got some us. ice in his veins. Yeah, doesn't he's he? really bailed out the team, especially when they fell fell down by two points to Harvard. And Trice said, eh, "I got this swish." So Trice is almost. I mean, there's so many vital parts to this team, and Appling has played okay, but boy, he could play well. We just need him to play okay is what I like about this team. Pretty nice. Just be out there and don't... Don't turn the ball over. Yep. So I made my call, or did I? Michigan State's going <laughs> to minus one. I think we one. both decided Michigan State. I'm taking State. the over 126. You're going to go do, with Michigan State, too? I'm doing Michigan State. And, mm. I don't feel great about the over. I, I, I do I'll feel say okay over Michigan. just to get it on record, but that might change. I mean, 120, 126 can be nailed so many ways. I mean, if Michigan State wins the game 60 to 58, then they got it. Well, God. no, that's 118. Maybe refs. I can't just, add. There's just going to be free throws down the stretch. 68-64, something like that. You know, I just... I. I'll say over. I'd really like for us to just get up big and 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 crush them and make get, that would be pretty sweet. Get Virginia out of their game plan. Maybe a, a you know that fifteen six kind of start. Oh no, call timeout. Tony right. Bennett is not sure. I want to see Virginia go. Oh no, early in yeah, that game we need for that. sure. Because if if Michigan State falls behind to Virginia, that's going to be bad news. Because Virginia's is Tony Bennett. He's the lineage there. Tony Bennett's father was coach of Wisconsin Green Bay and took Tony Bennett as a player to the tournament. Tony Bennett then became the coach of Wisconsin Green Bay, and Tony Bennett Sr. was the coach of the Wisconsin Badgers. And this is where Bo Ryan kind of learned his tricks too. Yep. I mean, it's just that that old school Wisconsin that didn't exist before this year where you get those games in the 40s. That's what Virginia is now. They're basically a Big Ten team, and they're the last ACC team standing. And, you know, Big Ten's got three Let's teams as we talked. So it's SEC has three teams. Big Ten has three teams, and Michigan State's got the final one of the day. And I think, you know, it's I, with my calls, Michigan State's going to be the last Big Ten team standing going into the Elite Eight because okay. I think Baylor and Tennessee are going to win. So, Well, this 10-minute conversation has completely ruined any productivity for me for the rest of the week because yeah, now I just can't wait. And as you can tell a couple times today, we both blurred the days. Ryan's like, yesterday's game and that <clears> day's game. We were so entrenched in basketball from we're Thursday to Sunday. We're in some like, alternate heaven. It's where great. We're just like, it's great. <laughs> and Michigan State winning just really gave us the excitement we needed, and everything feels like it's holding together well. I don't think there's a need to re-rank the teams in the six. You know, some some sports things they have nothing better to talk about. I think we're fine. I think that's the teams that were favored before the Florida, the Michigan State, Arizona, looking strong. I think if you're the NCAA, this is optimum games because you get Kentucky, Louisville, and Indy. Then you get two great defensive teams, Michigan State, Virginia, playing each other. You have your uh, every year there needs to be that one weird upset. So you have the Dayton yeah, and the Dayton Stanford, Stanford. Mm-hmm. that people will tune into just because now there's going to be a ten or eleven in the Elite Eight, and so uh, that's yeah. just something to pay attention to. Yeah. They've gotten their mix of upsets, and but for them, the teams who should be there, yeah, are, the, I think, are there. And I've also read some of their like new new faces in the Sweet Sixteen. I mean, come on, these are usual suspects right. to me. You, Wisconsin's been in the Sweet Sixteen plenty of times. Baylor recently was to the Elite Eight, and then uh, you know San Diego State will make it there, kind of. And um, yeah, I, mean, I, I was. I just think Florida, UCLA, Michigan State, Louisville, Kentucky. Those five, your Sweet Sixteen is made if yeah. you're the NCAA. And Ryan Ryan's picks would go Michigan State and Iowa State, which is the the year 2000 was the Elite Eight when Michigan State played in the Palace of Auburn Hills and won that game. 
game. That's when Larry Eustachy, the coach of Iowa State, went ballistic at the end of the game. But Michigan State had pulled away at that point. They went around to the Final Four in, in Indianapolis and won the whole thing. So maybe we could see history repeat itself. Michigan State can play Iowa State in the Elite Eight on sun, uh, Saturday. Would it be Saturday? Sunday. It would be the 30th. So if Michigan State wins on Friday night, they'll play again on uh, Saturday evening for the right to go to Dallas, which is what Maybe I'm we'll have to yeah. get in here on Saturday. Man, it's it's pretty exciting time. Just do time. like a quick 20-minute. I would love very much to see Michigan State open up <laughs> that game with a big, with you know, that 7-2 yeah. to two start. Yeah, let's get a 14-6 Come on, guys. That'd be awesome. And just run it. Because if you can take Virginia out of, they've been in their in their game plan for months now. They haven't been rattled. And, and Shake it up. Coastal Carolina started very well against them. But the, the 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 whole thing switched in the second half, and the refs were giving all the calls for Virginia. They got back into their comfort zone, so I don't think they were very worried about that one. But Michigan State getting a lead that should worry them. So I'm feeling good, Rye. I'm ready for some basketball. And it's I know only Tuesday. I can't wait. I can't wait. So with that, I'm gonna squeak the mic over here, and I'm gonna play us out of here. My name is Dan Cryer, and that was Ryan Smith. We're here at Impact 89 FM here at Michigan State University, and that was Walk the Line, episode 23. So here I go. With Dan and Ryan, you just listen to Walk the Line. And I say, a peace. Take care, everybody. We'll see you later.